Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Inquisitive on Relay FM. This episode of Inquisitive is brought to you by lynda.com, where you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by industry experts for a free trial. Visit lynda.com slash inquisitive. It's also brought to you by our friends at Pilot, who are a fantastic design and development studio, and Campaign Monitor, who help you send beautiful emails and get better results. My name is Mike Hurley, and I have the pleasure today of being joined by Oshin and Padraig of Supertop. Hi, guys. Hi, Mike. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, I'm good too. So I uh, will start off in my usual fashion, and I will throw to you, Oshin. How? What do you like to be known for? <laughs> um. Well, I guess I've I thought about it a little bit after the last time. Um. I guess, like at the moment, I'd say what I no, not just at the moment for my career. What I want to be known for really is for is for being part of Supertop. Um. And what's most important to me then is what Supertop comes to be known for. Um, I want, I think we're working towards it, but like I, I want Supertop to be known as a high quality, indep- in, an independent producer of high quality software. So whether it apps for, for Mac or, and for iOS. Um, and I want us to be known as a company who's in it for the long run, who's successful at what they do who produces some of the best apps around and who makes it as a as an independent software company so just a few small small things just just that yeah <laughs> just a couple <laughs> just a couple of little things patrick what about you sir uh same same <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a, it's a nice goal to have i mean there aren't and, and we're going to talk about this a little later on there aren't a lot of um small indie development shops that i'm i'm familiar with like you know there's two of you guys and you work on this stuff together um and it seems like that there is a a perception that 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 you just can't do that anymore yeah and and that's a a perception which is i don't know it seems interesting that that people feel this way that you're either in a big team or you're one guy or girl and you're doing it in your spare time or it just doesn't work yeah, for sure. It's it's hard, and there seem to be new stories every few weeks of someone who's had to throw in the towel. But I, yeah, we 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 talk about this a lot and try to figure out what our perspective on it is and what, why we keep going. <laughs> so we can get into some of that if you like. We definitely will. But first, mm-hmm. I wanna I wanna talk about um, talk about Castro, which is a podcast app that that you guys make, and it's maybe the app that most people know you for. Um, so I sure. kind of, I wanted to, to, so we, we spoke on episode 97 of command space. Um, and since this time, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a big player in the game now. Marco Armin has popped in with overcast and competition is heating up. Um, there's a lot more activity going on in the, in the podcast app world, um, which is, I, I find very interesting naturally. Um, and I wondered from you guys, and I'll, I'll ask you, Patrick, to start like, if you look at now in we're you know we're in October 2014 where do you see Castro's place in this market um right now i think we still have a a pretty loyal following who who really enjoy the the things that Castro gets right um i mean we're we're still working on it it's it still does pretty well for us um the the competition thing is interesting because it's sometimes it feels like you're not really competing directly with each other. Um, like Overcast came out a good few months after Castro did. And I think a lot of people are willing to just, you know, if, I think we said this before, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, then it, that's a lot of your time you're spending. It makes sense to just throw down, you know, three or $4 every few months to try the new thing. So, so you're not, it, it's hard to say you're directly competing with each other when people will buy both products often. But are the users not important? Like, as in, like you, you've got that initial amount of money, but do you want to keep the people that that have purchased Castro, like for the future? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, like we we're planning. We've started work on um, planning the next version of the next podcast app that we're going to make. Um, and for sure, we want all of those people to upgrade, um, and we want them to really like Castro. So. So we keep working on it for sure. There's no way I'm letting you get away with that. 
<laughs> you didn't say uh, the next version of Castro. So I'm, I'm no, just... I didn't. We're <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting you get away with that. Um, so we're we're trying to like we've made a lot of different sketches of um, different things we want to do, and there are a lot of new features that we want to add into Castro or add into a podcast app. Um, <laughs> and so we want to leave it open that like if we if a design we come up with is lets us do something significantly different, but it's it's not quite a logical continuation of Castro, then we don't want to refuse to do that just because, you know, Castro 2 is the logical thing to do. So if we, you know, we might do something that just looks completely different from Castro, work optimizes for different use cases. Um, and, you know, we could even have both on the store, maybe. I'm not promising that, but, like, that's, that's something we've talked about that is pretty interesting to us, that it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be banned by your old mistakes, for example, or... You don't have to just continue down the path you started on. I think that's quite a logical thing to do because I think the thing about Castro and why I recommend Castro to people is its simplicity. But it's not an underpowered app. It's just everything looks good and it's very simple to use. So like when I have friends of mine that haven't listened to podcasts that want to listen to my shows, I point them towards Castro it's it's because it seems like the obvious choice because it's cool. just we appreciate that <laughs> pleasure because it's 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 i think it's a really good starting point because it it lacks some features that people are unhappy about like you don't have a directory and things like that but i feel like that's mm. not necessarily important to someone who just wants to listen to like three shows you know and uh people want to be able to stream shows not everybody does that and, you know, you guys just make an app that's very simple and easy to use. So, like, when my girlfriend wanted to start listening to podcasts, my podcasts, I I gifted her at uh, Castro because it just seemed like the logical thing for me to give to her. And she likes the app very much. Although when she has cool. any problems, she asks me for tech support. I just want you to know that, that I, I look after <laughs> tech support for that one customer for you. We can forward some email to you if you like. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting good at it now. If you want more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd love some. Um, Oshin, I'm going to ask you this because I, mean, I think that you've kind of point. Padraig has kind of pointed this out, but when you see a new competitor either enter the market or do something unexpected in regards to Castro or just in general, do you guys sit down and reevaluate your product roadmap? Is that a good time to do that for you? Um. I don't know if we've. I don't think we have done that in direct response to anything else that came along. Um, we. It's more just now feels like kind of the natural time for what we've we're, we're planning over the next few months. Um, now is more feels like a natural time for us to decide on the next steps for podcasting. Um, for podcast listening. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll be influenced by different apps that we've seen or by things that we realize aren't facilitated as well as they could be in Castro or, or even not at all. Um, and I mean, but I don't, I've never felt that like we were doing, we've, that we started planning in, in direct response to other apps. So when Castro originally came out, it was very much focused towards the design conventions that were introduced to iOS 7. So, we have like transparencies and it takes uh, tint colors from different podcasts and you have circle icons for your artwork. Now, I wonder now, as if you look at Castro now, so we've moved past iOS 7 and into iOS 8. iOS 8 doesn't look a whole lot different to iOS 7, but we've seen, I guess, how developers are implementing the, cha the changes, the UI changes that iOS 7 brought about, things that are sticking on, the things that aren't. Do you see any visual elements in Castro that you would want to change for the next uh, next release or for your next project? I mean, I think it's... I mean, this is kind of alluding back to how what Podrick was talking about earlier on. Um, I don't look at Castro and start picking parts of it that I want to change. I mean... We're kind of, in a sense, at the moment, going back a little bit more to the drawing board and starting to build up in our minds the ideal next app, whether it would be Castro 2 or something else. Um, so there, for sure, I mean, there'll be parts, things that are in Castro 
aren't in the next one um or there'll be parts of it that stick around and parts of it that just change a bit but um i think f- one thing that we've realized like over the past almost well i mean since, i mean it was last december that it came out so say all this year of of maintaining castro one and adding adding new features to it is that um the there wouldn't be one element in the design that i've ever pointed at personally that annoyed me or that didn't feel right it's more that when it came to adding new features or to expanding upon what's already there um we've often felt a little bit constrained in some way by the layout and the flow of the app as it is at the moment um it was designed and conceived like to be optimal for exactly what we wanted to be in Castro one and when it's come to adding on new features to it it's it's been a little bit of a struggle there's some stuff that's a little bit more hidden now than ideally i would i would like it to be and it's because it wasn't initially conceived as part of the of of the first vision um yeah for for so, example when we sorry Ashin. <laughs> no go ahead but, um when we went to add a continuous plate um to the app back in it was we started on that in January, and I think it took a month or two to get ready. Uh, it, the biggest problem we faced was where do we put the controls for it? Um, because we had, like, we designed it quite. Maybe we designed ourselves into a corner a little bit that, that the features we had were presented exactly the way we wanted, but it was really hard to to add to them. Um, but so there's an example. I'm going to let Ashim continue his thought now. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, that was where I was going. So there you oh, go. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's alright. <laughs> You even finish each, finish each other's sentences. Um, I wanted to talk about the circular artwork in that that well, not circular artwork. You, you kind of you repre- you show artwork in a circle rather than a square, which. Well, I want to get from from your guys. Why why did you do this originally, and do you still look at this now as something that you would you're happy to keep? I mean, obviously you haven't changed it, but if you were going to do a UI overhaul of Castro, do you reckon you'd still have circle artwork? Well, the thing is, if we take out the circles, we're going to have to find something else to put in to annoy people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think we we did it originally um, to, because that was when we were just working in Photoshop before we started coding. Our first few layouts that we did, we, we had about, 10 or 20 different podcasts that we um, would run through our layout so that we could see how they looked. And we thought they looked really, really good. And then we we kind of teamed the rest of the app off them where like there are rounded edges to things. Um, when you go to download something, it's a nice circle filling in to download. Um, so there, there are a few things that are keyed off those circles that might feel a little weird if the circles were just gone and we just went to squares immediately. And we kind of feel like it's it was a design decision, um, and we weren't too bothered by it. I we we weren't worried at all before we launched it that anyone was not going to like it. We thought everyone would love them, so it was a big surprise, to be honest, that so many people reacted pretty strongly against them. I I don't know if we feel like that's you know super top is about circles, and now we have to have circles in all our apps. So it, it could definitely <laughs> get ready on red. <laughs> You're the circle guys. <laughs> yeah. So so I mean I, I'm not too attached to it. We could definitely drop it, but I yeah. I mean we've tried squares in the current layout as well. It works. It looks really well on some of the screens, but the, on the podcast and episode screens it doesn't. I mean it definitely requires like bigger changes to those. Or even on the on the lists it looks good on. On some of them, but there's different interactions and stuff that don't feel as fluid or don't feel as natural with with the squares. Um, so, I, I kind of like that they annoy people, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're not, we're not we're not super top to circlists. We're like we'll uh, we'll figure out what's going to happen in the next version. But I I don't see them coming out of Castro at, at the moment. Personally, I've always yeah. liked the look. I I, I very much liked, the, I I liked it when it was introduced, and I like it still. Um, I mean, you know, it, we, even we have some shows that don't go great, but you guys were, you know, for full disclosure, you guys couldn't have been more than helpful than to try and make it work, and it was just a case of there was something we would have needed to do that I didn't want to do. 
um, to make our artwork look inc- even more incredible than it already does in your app. But I think that that I think that one of the things that helped Castro get noticed in its first instance was the circles because it looked so different and and it kind of just helped enforce how this is like a very new take on how an app like this should be made. Yeah, I think there's something to that for sure. Yeah, I can imagine that there's something to that. And I mean, it was definitely, I can't speak to like other people's experience of discovering the app, but there was definitely something to that that drew us to that design in the first place. As in, when we were in Photoshop and we started saying, well, what if it was a circle and started playing around with that? That was one of the first times, that was one of the earliest stages where we Mm. got super excited about what we were doing. So, I mean, we definitely got drawn in by that whether other people have or not is is a is another question i guess but so the main reason you guys are here with me today is to talk about unread uh which is just released today um and i want to talk about that about the whole process and how unread came to you and what you guys are doing with it but before i do that i want to talk about our friends over at Lynda.com. Lynda.com is an easy and affordable way to help individuals and organizations learn. With Lynda.com, you can instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on software, web development, graphic design, and so much more. If you're sitting here and thinking, I want to make an iOS app, Lynda.com is a great place to start. They have courses on all of this stuff. They have courses on Swift. They have courses on C. They have courses on just the fundamentals of app development. Maybe you want to learn Xcode. They've got all of this. Lynda's courses video tutorials and this is what i love about them they have super high quality videos made by industry experts they're made by software developers they're sometimes made by the companies themselves who are providing the software and the tools that you want to learn they have stuff that comes out super quick it's really timely and they're always getting their stuff updated to make sure it's of the most excellent quality that it can be Their courses are broken down into bite-sized pieces. This allows you to learn at your own pace from start to finish, or maybe you want to jump in and find a quick answer with the searchable transcripts. This allows you to very, very easily jump back to any point in the video that you've already watched, or maybe you just want to jump into a video about X and just learn about this one thing. They make that really easy to do. And you can learn on the go too with their apps for iPhone, iPad, and Android. Lynda.com has one low monthly price of $25. This gives you unlimited access to over 100,000 video tutorials and growing. I mentioned app development, but maybe you want to learn a little bit about business development and marketing for your new app development company. They can, well, Lynda.com has courses on marketing fundamentals, so you can try and understand a bit about how to get the word out about your business. They also have stuff about how to use Twitter to best promote your business. They have courses on that. They have courses on web design, photography, so much more. Not you know, not just stuff to help you learn a new skill, but maybe for hobbies too. If you name it, they've got it. They're fantastic. You can just start looking through their library and you're going to find something that makes sense to you. And a great way to start looking through that library is to go and sign up for a free seven days. You have access to all of the courses over at lynda.com for free for seven days if you go to lynda.com slash inquisitive. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash inquisitive and you can sign up right now. Thank you so much to Linda for their continued support of Inquisitive and Relay FM. So, Padraig, tell me, how did the opportunity to purchase Unread come to you? And maybe you want to start off with anybody that doesn't know, what is Unread? Um, Unread is an RSS reader app. Um, it was built by Jared Sintler, um, whose blog you should follow if you don't, if you're a developer. Um, and he, I think he made it released, I don't even know the exact dates, but I think he spent about a year working on it in total. And then it was out for almost a year. Um, when when he posted a blog post saying that the revenue wasn't working out for him, um, so we after that that blog post generated a whole you know every few months there's a round of soul searching for indie developers trying to make a living, and that I, I think that was the one that kicked off a really big round recently where a lot of people seem to post things. Um, so we had met Jared at WWDC last year um, just for a few drinks and we got on pretty well. And we've exchanged emails with him a few times. He's helped us with a few design things. Um, and so when, when we saw it wasn't going to continue, um, we 
thought that's too bad and just got in touch to see if he would be interested in selling it. And I think at the time he didn't, he thought that no one would be interested in buying it because he, he felt that his blog posts had uh, given away that the, uh, that there wasn't a business model there, but we were, we're you know, we're, Ashin and I are hoping to keep, keep on this stuff for the long term for years and years. So we think we can make it work over the long term. So you were the guy, you guys put it to Jared as an idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I sent him a direct message prob- sometime in August, I think. So uh, an interesting thing to me is how did this decision come up between the two of you? Like, did one of you suggest it or was it just like a, a mutual thing that kind of made sense at the time? <laughs> Like, how does a decision like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna make an offer to buy this application? How does that kind of conversation <laughs> occur between well, two people? We we always we always knew we'd have to have more than one app for this thing to work out for us. Um, I mean, Castor has been great for our first app; no one had ever heard of us before. Um, but we knew we'd have to get more, and so this was a way to just fast forward a year and have another great app. And I think. I mean, this is going to sound self-serving, but I really believe it. I think Unread is one of the best post-iOS 7 apps on the store, full stop, like in the top 10, top one, maybe. Well, this um, is one so, of the last times that we can go around saying that ourselves. So yeah, because well. now it's... <laughs> yeah. Like, I think, well, let's just be clear. I think Jared did an amazing job on it. Like, yeah. the way the, the swiping back works is the best of any app I've seen. The, he calls it sloppy swiping, so you don't have to be right at the edge. It'll work from anywhere on the screen. Um, the whole navigation hierarchy, the transitions, like so much of it is really good. And he recognized early on that having a really good typeface was a, a way to stand out on iOS 7. And that I think it took people a while to, to find that, but he was right there with it. So we were like, once the opportunity came up to buy it, I think we were both pretty convinced it was a great idea pretty fast. Um, I don't think we talked about it that much. It was more... Um, let's just see if let's see if we can come to a deal or not. And I I assume this is something that Jared was relatively open to at the time because you know he it, it did kind of seem like Unread was just going to go away otherwise I think. Yeah, he he had committed to keeping like to bug fixes. Yeah. And and he, even after we um even after we'd acquired it he helped us. You know, he's been really good to us. He's helped us um anytime we've needed to fix some bugs we can ask him if he has any ideas um he he did some of the iphone 6 um like the work to make sure it all worked on iphone 6 um so he's i, I think he always intended to keep it up to date but it, it wasn't going to get any new features that's for sure and because his new job at Loglovin, in that i think he felt that there would be a conflict of interest if he continued to develop on red so so yeah i think it was bug fixes was the plan he was happy for it for it to continue since he knew, yeah. Look at like Podic said that with his new job he couldn't, um, in good conscience keep working on it alongside with his job. So I think he was happy that he that it that it would be able to continue. Why didn't you just build your own RSS reader? Like I know that that sounds like such a it's a, such a simple question for such a huge undertaking but why did it make sense to you to try and purchase an existing app rather than try and build one yourself Ashina, i'll ask you about that literally because jared's i think it's literally i mean because jared's one was so incredible and so i mean we knew if, if i mean we knew that we we'd set out if we set out to make a new app um an rss app that was going to be as good as unread that we would want it to be pretty close to what Unread was, um, and that it would take us six to to twelve months to get there. Um, and we had plans for idea. Well, there were ideas, I suppose, at that stage rather than plans. But we we had ideas around how we could manage having Unread and Castro. Um, how we would manage uh, shifting development priorities between them. How we could work on perhaps certain features that might um, they might have in common or that they might have in parity in the future. Um, so, like, we had ideas of where we wanted to get and 
the idea of first of all having to spend six or 12 months getting to that point um, so that we could then begin implementing these other ideas just um, it just made much more sense to take over what we already felt was the, the best RSS app on the App Store. Do working with RSS feeds for Castro, because obviously that's what podcasts are based on, did this fill you with kind of the base confidence that you could tackle the challenges of an RSS reader? Did it seem like an obvious next app for Supertop? In concept, yes. In in practice, it's uh, what Unread has to do is actually very different from Castro. Um, Unread integrates with a bunch of of different third-party sync services. So there's Feed Wrangler, Feedbin, Feedly, Fever, and Newsblur. Um, so you have an account with any one of those sync services um, and you sign in in Unread and it syncs just with that those the endpoints of that API. Excuse me. Um, so Unread doesn't pull and process uh, RSS feeds itself directly, right. uh, whereas Castro does. So yeah, it's it's yeah. It seems like fundamentally there's it would seem like there's a link, but I guess not so much anymore. Where you know there there used to be apps that you would just throw an RSS feed in and it would subscribe for you, but that's kind of not the way that things are done these days because of all of these different services. Yeah, it's because I think syncing. I mean, I guess I'd argue that between an RSS reader and a podcast app, syncing is much more important for a reader because you you do maybe. Um, keep up with your RSS feeds on your computer more often, um, and your iPad. And <coughs> so, I, I mean, I know it's a lot of people want that feature in a podcast app too, and that's cool. But I just feel like it really needs to be an RSS app. So, you, you, Patrick, you brought up about how um, you know Jared wanted to move away from Unread. It, it wasn't um, maybe as successful for him as he'd hoped it would be. I'm going to assume mm-hmm. that you don't have this concern because otherwise it would be an in, it would be a strange move to buy a product <laughs> you felt was going to be unsuccessful. What why do you th- what makes you think that you, you are able to make a success out of it? Not that I'm saying I'm not trying to say that Jared couldn't, but why do you guys think that you are placed in such a way that you can? Sure, and I I do definitely worry about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I I guess our we we had this conversation a few times and I I don't know if we have a a really great answer to um to it but I think basically the long term approach is is the difference I think if if you look at the indie companies that everyone knows and loves like Omni or Panic or even James Thompson's Pcalc like those guys have been around forever and I think it's hard for me. I think it's reasonable to think that it maybe it's going to take more than more than a couple of years to build up a, a really successful business. So I guess one thing is that we're going to stick with it for a long time. Um, another thing is I think Jared had other re- or had you know he he was done with not making the salary that a developer can make. Um, I think we're still happy to spend a few more years below whatever that amount is today. Um, so then, and there are also, Ashin mentioned that there are some overlaps with Castro where we can hopefully do some work that we can use in, in both apps. So it'll benefit both of them. Um, yeah, it's a, it, ask us in a year, I guess, if it worked huh. out, but, <laughs> or in two years or who knows, but right now we're making enough to keep going and things look good for us. So we're, as long as it looks that way, we'll keep going for sure. So with the, with the new release of Unread, um, you've basically set it up as a brand new application. And I kind of wanted to understand a bit about this. So, Oshin, can't you just, and this is a, this sound, again, this is a simple question because I don't, I don't know the answer. Can't you just transfer the app from one developer account to another? Is that a thing that's possible to do? It's possible to do as long as the app has, I can't remember all the conditions, but as long as one of them is that the app can never have synced with iCloud, anything with iCloud ever. Um, you can't even remove the iCloud syncing. And then it's just, if the app has ever synced anything with iCloud, the transfer is uh, no longer possible. Um, Unread uses iCloud syncing for 
a few small enough things like app settings, um, sharing settings, stuff like that. Um, so that was out of that was out of the window basically immediately. Um, How much did you curse iCloud when <laughs> when you found this piece of information? It was. Yeah, that was the first. Uh, the, the, I guess I can't think of the phrase at the moment, but the um, f- the first like bump in the road, I guess, after we were super excited about taking over the app, and then this was like, all oh, right, this isn't going to be quite as easy as we imagined. Um, so we we have ended up having to do um, go jump through a few more hoops to make it happen, but I think we're happy with where it's ended up. Um, I mean, the next thing that we tried that we considered was the idea of that um Jared offered that we could take over um the App Store account that Unraid is currently on. Um and we wanted to have all our apps on one account, so maybe we could take over that and we could transfer Castro over into that account and rename the name of the account and all that. Um <clears throat> Castro could be transferred because it hasn't it, it doesn't sync with iCloud. Um then we, I mean, we went through a good few more emails back and forth and discussions with Apple about that. But the basically the low and the be all and end all of it was that for us to do that, we would have to. It would have basically involved a lot of lawyers, and we would have to fully acquire his LLC um, legally and Whoa. like show Apple all the documents. Um, we would then be in a position as an as two Irish men, one living in Ireland and one living in Canada, of taking over deal ownership of a US limited company with all the legal and tax implications that that has so that wasn't really that wasn't really a runner either so um can't work out what the problem is <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a piece of cake so i'm interested then like explain how are you, how are you handling this process so what is the decision that you came to and how are you dealing with that for users Okay, sorry. Uh, so yeah, so then the next thing was that the app would have to be released on our own developer account um, as a as a separate app. So it's a in the it's a completely new app in the app store essentially. Um, so with that constraint in mind, the next thing was to figure out how we could accommodate all the customers who had who had already purchased Jared's app because we didn't want to be in a position at this stage where like our first act as owners of Unread is to basically say, okay, well, we own it now. And if you want it, you're going to have to give us all the money that you already gave to Jared, come over here and give it to us. And then we swear we'll give you updates from now on. Um, so we have moved basically into a, which is, which I, I mean, which was a, this is, one angle that we discussed as a, as a way that might uh, be a good business model for Unread in the first place. But um, I guess in a sense, our hand was forced a little bit in it, although I am happy with how it's worked out, that Unread is now free, um, free to download and try. We download it. Um, you, have, you can read 50 articles before any limitations come in, and then you read three articles a day after that for free. Um, and there's an in-app purchase to unlock all the functionality so that you have unlimited articles and a bunch of new teams, six new teams, two of two of which are completely brand new to this version. Um, and by having the uh, full features unlocked that way, that gave us the opportunity to offer the in-app purchase for free, essentially, to people who already have, who already purchased Unread from Jared. Now, we still do it through an in-app purchase, an in-app purchase that has no price on it, um, so that from that point on, there's a record in the App Store that the customer has purchased unread from us. So if they move to a different device or if they lose their device and have to restore or whatever, they can just restore their purchases within um, unread and get back all the functionality. Um, But it's free, and so users can download the new version of Unread, um, unlock it by doing a handshake with the old version um, and unlock it for free and, and continue on. So now we have an app, Unread now being premium model app and all the customers of the previous version move over and um, can 
have the all the functionality and more that they used to have. Not an easy thing to do, um, but seems like a sensible way of dealing with it. Like it, it seems like the right way to go, but I can't imagine it was very easy to get to the point where all of that is working. Yeah, no, it it. I mean, it definitely. It's. I'm not sure how long it took us. I mean, it wasn't like it's not like crazy build a new app level of complexity, but there's a good bit of UI around it, and there's like the communication with the old app and. There's app review, um, so I mean it, it all took time, but um, it we're delighted now that that it's out now. It's taken us a couple of months, I think, to get to this stage where we can where we can finally release it and have it on our own account. So, Patrick, I mean, fundamentally, Unread started as somebody else's application. It had somebody else's design, somebody else's product decisions. When you kind of took the app over and started working on it yourselves how did it feel like was it refreshing or did it kind of feel like you were moving into somebody else's house <laughs> no it was it was great because there's a bunch of things in there that i was able to learn from the the code is really really well done um so like when we did go to add these extra features we were able to figure out where everything was really quickly so that that part's been a dream it's been really good and you know i we hope to take some of the lessons that we get from this and bring them into the next podcast app we make too. And, and I mean, when I, t- I talked earlier on about or about how we've had difficulty in the past when, when we wanted to add new features to, to Castro, figuring out where to place them and how to, how to work them into the UI. And it, in, un, mm. in Unread, it all just fell in, into place very naturally. Um, so any work that we've done on that over the past few weeks has, especially with the... I mean, Jared's code is, I mean, it's immaculate. It's just, it's such a pleasure to, to work with it. It makes me pay a lot more attention even to any new stuff that I add in there. Um, it's, a, it's a pleasure to work with it. And I think Jared managed to create a framework for an app that, that, like, that addresses like, a lot of the potential issues that, that we had talked about facing with, with Castro. Um, so it's been great to to work with that for the past few weeks. What are the, what are the big things that you want to tackle with Unread? Like, do you do you have things that you you really want to look at in the future? And sort of, even if you're not willing to to say specifically what they are, um, how comfortable do you feel about changing big things quickly with the app? Mm. That's yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I guess we don't want to walk in and immediately feel like we have to make our mark on it and start changing too much around because people people who currently use the app love it so we don't you know we don't want to break what's great about it but for sure you know the whole i think part of the deal is that we we have to add new features to it and we have to keep developing it um so i think we have some ideas for what we want to add to it but it's more like adding features than completely reimagining things if that makes (laughs) if that makes much sense no, it does. It's kind of what I expected. But I just wondered, like, do you have like a a time frame, like in your mind, where you're like, we don't want to touch anything for three months, six months, a year, or is it just you're just going to wait until it kind of feels right to do it? You know, I don't think. Yeah, I don't have huge changes in mind, or I don't think we have huge changes in mind. It's more just adding new things, and we want to keep working on that as we go along. I mean, as you'll see in the app, then it's out. There's, we added the ability to to give us a tip if you like us. And so, one thing we want to do is make sure we regularly have updates that make people, you know, generous, kind people, make them feel like, oh, that's you know, that's a significant thing that I wanted. I'm I'm going to throw these guys a dollar. So, so that's that's kind of one way we see we we want to work with the the tip system we added is to bring attention to the fact that we're constantly adding new things to it. I, I guess talk- without talking about completely all the specific features, I mean, we do have, we have a, a roadmap in mind for the, for the next, for the coming months where we are, have basically monthly releases of Unread planned um, to keep us going, uh, to keep it, to keep it moving basically over the next six months. Wow. Um, but they will be adding well, I want to, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm stuttering a little bit now, but um, 
Yeah, without well, without fully reimagining the app, it's guess we're getting into a point with Castro where it's like, okay, let's fundamentally think about what we want this to be and what we want it to do, and it's a nice companion to that. That with Unread, we're at a point where we have a, a series of things that we want to add. We know where they are going to go, how they're going to work. It's a question of implementing them, but. It's, it's like this dual, it's like two very different processes that are going to be going on in Castro and Unread over the next, whatever, over the coming six months or so, um, where I feel really excited about that, that like the, those distinct ways that we're going to be approaching those for the next few months. So I want to talk to you about the, the pricing, because um, we've touched on a few things about it, but... I kind of want to understand a bit more about it and, and some of the decisions that you've made. But I just want to take a quick moment to thank our second sponsor of this week's episode, and that is our friends over at Pilot. Now, Pilot are a design and development studio. They were founded in 2009, and what they do is they help create products for startups and enterprise clients for the iOS platforms, so iPhone and iPad, as well as the web. They are a company who's spread across a couple of different locations. They have offices in Berlin, London, and their head office is in Poland. They have a team of over 50 designers, developers, producers, and product directors who are ready and waiting to help you with your next project. Pilot can help you either build a great team around you that you can work with every single day. So maybe you want to have, you know, for developers and you want to have a couple of designers and you want to be there, you want to be chatting with them every day and, and you know working together. Or maybe you just want to be set up with one point of call who you can give all of your ideas to and you can work with you know frequently without having to work with a whole team. They have producers who can take care of all this stuff for you. You can choose the way you want to work with Pilot. Pilot works with clients from all around the world, both with big brands and small companies alike. No project is too big or too small for them. And some of their startups have been accepted into sort of the really tough like incubators and accelerators like Y Combinator. And they've also been backed by world-class investors as well. This is the quality of work that they create. Their work shines in even the toughest of environments. But Pilot make their own stuff too, so you can kind of see how great their work is. They have an app called Tapes, which is at usetapes.com. It's an awesome little Mac app that allows you to quickly and easily capture and share screencasts. This is just a, a, an example of them putting their money where their mouth is. If you're looking for a first-class team of designers and developers who sweat the tiniest of details, check out pilot.co. Thank you so much to Pilot for their support of Inquisitive and Relay FM. So I want to talk about the pricing. So we have, uh, you know, you've mentioned that you have the kind of the free sort of switch over for existing customers from the old Unread to the new Unread. But you also have a few different tiers of unlocking the application for a new customer. Oshin, can you talk me through those? Um, the regular price of the app is $4.99, the same as the paid app um, has always been. Um, we wanted to experiment with offering different price levels. This, like Essentially, as we prepared for this transition and we people we said, oh, we're going to find a way to give the app for free and a number of people would contact us and say, oh, don't worry about being for free. We want to, I'll happily pay again. Um, obviously, that wasn't, that didn't make us think, okay, maybe we can just charge everyone again, but it did get, start, start us thinking down the line of, I mean, different people maybe are are more willing to give um different amounts of of money for for things based based on the service that they get or the quality value that they think that they're going to get from it um so uh dave underscore david smith has had a tip jar in his uh pedometer plus plus for a while which as soon as that came out i guess last year or after ios 7 at some point i remember thinking that that was very interesting approach he had tried it he was doing it in a paid app but we started wondering if that was an approach or a thought that you could take um sorry he was doing it in a, in a completely free app um where it wasn't even for specific functionality it was to i think you would also remove ads at the same time but it wasn't it wasn't phrased as a it wasn't positioned as a as an unlock in a sense but whereas we were talking about when we you're going to pay your $4.99 to unlock on red and get all the functionality um 
we kind of as an I mean it's an experiment I guess and we'll see how it goes but we thought what how about if like when you're in a restaurant or a coffee shop that like as just part of the process of paying is even the consideration of whether you'd like to add a tip at the same time so when you after you choose your 4.99 in unread at the moment we have we're trying out this feature where it will then ask you if you would like to add a tip onto your purchase and so add on a dollar or two or or whatever a dollar or two or four i think are the options at the moment um so that's real i mean it's we'll see how it goes i mean we'll definitely we're we're curious about it we hope that it will at least um some people will use it um and it's more just i think we're we're just interested in it as as an experiment to see in terms of monetizing iOS apps, how how something like this might work out. And you also have different tiers of just the standard purchase as well, right? There are different amounts that you can pay. Yeah. Do you want to take that one, Patrick? Sure. Um, yeah, we, w- we wanted to offer a few different options there because we, we like the idea of having this, um, I think we call it an indie, indie app hero or something like that just the the language won't come to me right now where you can pay i think 13 dollars for the app and that's if you really want to support us um you don't get anything extra for it except uh, maybe a feeling of well-being <laughs> um <laughs> but but you know that option's there if somebody wants to do it and we do we do have a lot of people on twitter like ashin said who say um oh i'd love to pay for the app again and now <laughs> you know if they mean it they can they can choose those kinds of options and then there's a there's also a discounted option um, which is totally opt-in. And I guess people who aren't, who maybe are, don't need to choose it can still choose it if they want to. Um, but the the idea there was to, um, you know, people who don't have the budget for a $5 app, um, they can get it for $4. So, and we're really curious to see how that works too. Um, like, is, is every single person just going to go through the cheapest door and not tip us? Or will there be an interesting range of people who try different things? So... We'll we'll certainly have some fun numbers to look at in a, in a month or so. It's mostly just to make our analytics more fun to look at. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, look at these charts! There's lots of fun. <laughs> um, so I want to get real for a moment. Are you concerned that people are going to get confused or upset at you for any of this stuff? Hmm. I know it's a tough it's a tough question because obviously you've made your decisions with your users in mind. You're not trying to, sure. to annoy people or upset people but there are always there will in every decision that the a, a person who has an audience or a user makes there's there's always the potential that it could backfire whether whether your intentions yeah. were good or not are you concerned yeah, I mean, about a, this at all i'm sorry I keep talking over you um, um i i guess it is it's more complicated than just an unlock button that pops up a dialogue that you say yes to so there are more steps to it than that. And so everyone is a new opportunity to for something confusing to happen. Um the upgrade process I think is a little um it's a little bit awkward and I think we might confuse some people there. Like say if you've bought the app before um but you don't actually have it installed right now, then it can't do the handshake. So we're gonna have to deal with that support. Um the payment stuff itself the the only question I think people might have is like is there a difference in the functionality that's unlocked between the three options? So that there's the 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 expensive indie one, the regular price for five dollars, and then the discounted one. And I guess people, maybe some people will think that there are different feature sets involved there. Um, aside from that, I I think it's clear enough. I I suppose the the tip thing um, that's new. I haven't seen anyone ask for a tip at the point of purchase in an iOS app. Um, so that that's a new experiment. We'll have to see if that how people react to that and maybe different cultures who you know in the u.s tipping's pretty standard same here in canada but in other countries you know <clears throat> tip <laughs> in other countries the servers get paid well to start with so tipping is <laughs> necessary <laughs> um so so i'm curious to see like maybe a culture where there's just no tipping maybe those people think that we're you know, being a bit stingy somehow. But, you know, there's a no-tip option there, so it's we're not forcing you to do it. It's the closest one to your finger, too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Nicely designed. I'm happy with the flow that we have worked out. I don't think... I mean... There, like, 
like so behind the scenes i mean just technically down to how in-app purchases work we have to have separate in-app purchase uh, options built into the into itunes connect for any combination of the different prices and tips that you choose to work um potentially that's confusing so potentially if somebody unfolds the menu that says like popular in-app purchases in this app and there's oh. a bunch of them there i mean there is some potential for that people start thinking that we're going to try to get them to buy all these different in-app purchases um we've labeled them accordingly i mean they have common names just with brackets of so plus a small tip or plus a medium tip or or whatever like that um but in terms of the experience in the actual app i mean i'm We've we've gone through a good few different iterations of how the screen would work and how it would look and where we ask for tips and how we label different options. Um, there's, you're never presented with more like it's like just two screens essentially where you first of all choose your price um, and I think people will we intuitively know which one they're willing to go for. I mean the India Hero is a complete outlier. Um, I, like very small percentage of people might consider doing that but like most people will like ignore that immediately but at least then you have your your regular price and your discount price and the discount price is labeled as like why you might be <laughs> i mean maybe that's gonna i don't know I, it's an interesting psychological experiment i think but like the discount price is there you can choose whether you want to take it or not um so i can't really maybe i'm i i don't see us at that point in the flow offending people by offering them a discount or a, a crazy high price um where like if, if people really want to support us and like i reckon anybody who does that will be developers themselves or will be really involved in in the scene and will know the the backstory of unread and like they will feel if they do tap that button they will be happy to and we won't we don't ask for a tip if they tap that button um and then the next screen is essentially do you want to add on a tip or not and I think by breaking that out into two screens, instead of, say, for example, if we showed a screen with 10 different prices or whatever, and it was like, here, name your price, I think that would be a lot more confusing and a lot more not as well as well directed as hopefully what we, what we have in there now. So Castro has a pretty standard pricing structure. You, know, you, you pay up front for the app, you download the app, and that's it. With Unread, you're now doing a, a bunch of different ones. So, you know, you, the app is now freemium and there's in-app purchase and you have kind of tips and goodwill pricing is probably the way that I would kind of try and label all of those things. Mm-hmm. Why why do all of these at once? Why not try one of them or try the other? Like, are you hoping to learn from this experience as well as it also be hopefully a good business model? Absolutely, yeah. We're definitely. I mean, it's. I definitely. I mean, I, I. We're definitely trying to learn from this. I mean, we're definitely consider each of the different options experiments that we're trying. Um, and, yeah, let's. I just want to see how how they go. Do you have any? I um, mean, God, Pedro. Sorry, we we could have broken those two. I guess there are two ideas in there, as you said that you know the, the idea of tipping, and then the idea of um just the different payment options to start with. We could have done them separately, but it, it's like the people who write reviews of the app now, like, I mean, on, on blogs, they're going to define this stuff and tell everyone how it all works. And if we, I think if we change that stuff around later, there's going to, it could be quite confusing if somebody reads an old review or like, it, it's nice to have it. It's nice to have it the way we want it and just see how that all works together. But for sure, from a, like, from an analysis point of view, it's a lot of variables at once. And so maybe tipping on its own would have worked spectacularly and we've sabotaged it by going the other way. Um, Don't think like but, that. <laughs> but, you know, it was, I, I feel good that we've got, like, those were our ideas and we've got them all in there now. So so the tipping thing is, is one of, is the most interesting part to me. Um, like I've, I've tipped underscore a few times. Um, it's because, like, there's no real reason for it. Like, I, I I use Pedometer Plus Plus, but like every time he has an update with a new feature that I like, I give him some more money. And I expect that there'll probably be a a portion of your user base that that will do that for you. 
Are you going to be doing anything to try and um, politely encourage further tipping after the initial purchase flow? Probably not beyond release notes. Like we might say some, we might mention it there one now and again, but I don't think we'd ever like have a dialogue box come up and try and push you towards it. And I assume that they live in the settings, right? Uh, the tips. Yeah. I, once you so once you've unlocked it the first time, that unlock menu just turns into a tips menu. Right. So you can choose to go there. Um. So it's on it's on that front screen, but most of the time in the app, you're inside an account. So this is all, almost already like a setting screen, or that's how I think of it. Right. I just want to take a moment to thank uh, our final sponsor for this week's episode. Uh, but then I have I have one last thing that I want to talk to you guys about, which is uh, slightly different, but it's something that I think about a lot anyway. And our final sponsor this week is our friends at Campaign Monitor, who make it easy to design, create, send, and optimize your email campaigns quickly and easily. Campaign Monitor features Canvas, an easy-to-use builder for creating beautiful email newsletters that look incredible everywhere, especially on mobile devices. Thousands of Campaign Monitor customers are using Canvas to totally reinvent what they send, and you can create an email template that matches your brand for free at campaignmonitor.com templates. With Canvas, you can create an email in just minutes. It's super easy to use. They have drag-and-drop interface tools that take care of all of the stuff that you expect to just work, like automatic image resizing, the perfect typography, and an innovative spacer tool. Canvas automatically makes sure your emails look incredible everywhere with the use of their responsive design techniques. You can create unique emails that match your brand or just match the exact style that you want to create. These aren't cookie-cutter templates. Canvas features flexible and customizable designs so you can make unique emails that match your own brand and content. You're able to choose your own fonts and colors to really make these templates your own. Campaign Monitor is so cool that they've even made it possible to build and export templates without even having to start a Campaign Monitor account by heading to campaignmonitor.com templates. But you should be signing up for a free account right now at campaignmonitor.com and help them out because they are awesome. Thank you so much to Campaign Monitor for supporting this show and Relay FM. Love these guys. So guys, the last thing that I wanted to talk to you about is the interesting challenges and advantages that come up with working with somebody who is on the other side of the earth. This is something that me and Stephen obviously work, we, we work in this way. Um, and I wondered, and I'll throw this to you, Oshin, to start. What do you think are the biggest challenges to working with Padraig, with, with you in Ireland and him in Canada? Uh, well, I mean, time is obviously the, I mean, time differences um and how that affects my days um i guess depending on where we are in in projects and what we're doing i mean i can i'm not sure exactly where to go with this but like i i have i can get into like a pretty bad habits where of essentially beginning to work um west coast american times which is not very healthy thing to do when you're living in Ireland um so just working every evening working very late in, into the nights and then being kind of wrecked the next morning but feeling like I should I should be working now because it's the morning but I was up until two or three o'clock working on other stuff and kind of getting into this sometimes it can be a bad flow sometimes depending on on what we're working on I I can just run with it for a few weeks um I guess the biggest challenge has been like when it gets to times where I start feeling that that schedule is is isn't the healthiest for me I guess sometimes um and trying to figure out ways to make that more um manageable I assume that it's when you're at times like this right gearing up to a product launch is where you start to feel it the hardest yeah, well, I guess that's probably why it's on my mind at the moment. It has, yeah. like, the last few weeks have been kind of crazy like that. But <laughs> well, I'm going to Canada in a couple of weeks, so I'll be fine again then. <laughs> Are there lots of, like, middle-of-the-night text messages and phone calls? Yeah, we signed up for we signed up for Slack pretty recently, and um, we just already ran out of our 
ten thousand limit, so we we had to buy it. We yesterday I think wasn't it, Padre? Mm-hmm. There's a lot. We it used to be tons of iMessages, and then we started using Slack recently, and um, it's not perfect, but it's it's definitely the best thing that we found that suits our flow the best. So there's absolute tons of messages go in that every hour, day and night, mostly night. Slack's pretty From, good, right? We use it for relay, and I I love it. I really love it. It's, yeah, it's a great app. It's really good. I uh, I don't know what limit you've come up against though. <laughs> um, well, the the free version lets you use. I think as soon as you've hit ten thousand messages, you can't see the history anymore. Right. Which was a really clever scheme, I think, because we, you know, I signed up thinking, oh, it'll be ages before we hit that, and then as soon as you hit it, you've already committed so much. Um, yeah, and I guess with mm-hmm. what you guys are doing. History is probably important, right? Because you might need to reference something you spoke about six months ago. As a yeah, it's nice to be able to scroll. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the on the initial topic of um, working apart from each other, I, I think one of the things I've been thinking about lately is that like we do spend a lot of time together in these chat rooms and working on products together, but because of the distance, we don't get and maybe you feel this with Stephen as well. We we don't get to socialize as much as we would if yeah. like if we were both in Dublin or both in Canada, we would go out for drinks now and again and we would, you know, <laughs> hang out with each other's friends and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes that gets a bit hard when there's personal stuff going on in your life and you want to, you know, obviously you want to tell the other person that you're um you need a few days off or whatever. Um but I think it's hard to have that closeness that you would just automatically have if you were both in the same place. So I think we, we've been trying to work on that a bit. <laughs> yeah, because it's very easy to let your friendship turn into business mode and stay that sure. way because you never you don't get the normal friendship things. And then like mm. the previous way that you communicated as friends is now your communication channel for business at the same time. Yeah, totally. Was So you, you came over and met Stephen... Um, this summer, right, and hung out for a while. Yeah, Is that the first time you guys have hung out, or no? We've uh, maybe for the last three years, maybe we spent time together every year, and, oh, and that cool. that takes its form as either me going to Memphis or us spending time together in San Francisco or something like that, or like a conference. Right, um, and that that really works for us to have that 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 kind of it helps reset things a little bit at times. It's nice. Um, obviously we've never worked as hard together as we have on relay. Like we've worked together for years on different things and, and we've always worked really, really closely, but this is like the business we started together. So it, 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 it there's definitely right. a lot more of it now. So, and, and it's in the, the, one of the reasons that I'm interested in this stuff is obviously I'm about to, to leave my full-time job and, and take on relay right. full time. So I can, I, I was expecting Oshin that you would say about the time change thing because it's something that I'm thinking about like how do I integrate that into my life because Mm -hmm. it's uh, for me to be able to be the most effective I need to kind of give up my usual sleeping habits a bit more I think Um, I mean I I tend to to go to sleep about 2am at the moment anyway so I'll actually probably be getting a little bit more sleep but it is still strange (laughs) to like to then to think okay well I'll be operating at a completely different time structure to everybody else here. So. Yeah, it's it'll be it's an adjustment, all right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what are the advantages though? There must be advantages to you you, to, you guys working together in different time zones. I don't know. What, well, I guess one thing we said before, I mean, I can just definitely advantages to us working together just like time zones are not not time zones. Um, I mean, the one I guess with the advantage of the time zone sometimes is if when we're not in these zones where I'm working mostly nights, um, where is when you kind of get this real sense of momentum where I do a proper working hours here and Podrick wakes up and I have a bunch of stuff done. I wake up in the morning and there's a bunch of stuff done that he's done the next day. Like, um, and depending on the phase of a project, then that kind of can flow even more nicely and feel build up momentum even quicker in that sense. So that's often a nice sense of progression when you it, wake up. Yeah, it's it feels the, I mean, like it's it's operating twenty four hours, which is exactly inter- it's very yeah. interesting. 
So that's always nice. Um, yeah, and, and for both of you guys, like the pressure is always going to be to go this way too, like because there's so much, like all the news comes out here, and yep. uh, like it's hard. I, I've tried to start getting up early to see if we can go the other way sometimes, but it, it just doesn't end up happening because <laughs> everybody else is asleep. It's it's right. just Oshina's awake. Oshina, me. Yeah. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> everybody else is sleeping. So, guys, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I'm really, really happy um, about Unread, and, and I'm happy to see that you guys are doing well because I love the stuff that you do, and I think that you're you're just great guys. And, and I'm happy that 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 things are, are picking up, and that there's even more momentum for what you're working on. So, where you, where can people find Unread, and, and where can people get like keep up to date with what's happening with Supertop? Well, Unread is now, the website for Unread is now at supertop.co forward slash Unread. Um, on Twitter, we have, uh, we're Supertop Squid on Twitter. Uh, see Command Space episode 97 for further explanation. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Prendio2 on Twitter. That's P R E N D I O 2. And I'm Podrig on Twitter, P-A-D-R-A-I-G. And we also have a blog at uh, blog.supertop.co. Um, well, thanks so much, Mike, and best of luck with, with the big change you're going through. Thank you. Yeah, that's going to be exciting, man. Yeah, I am excited. Tiny bit terrified, <laughs> a lot terrified, uh, <laughs> but I'm, 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 I'm more excited than I am scared, which I hope is the right mix. To have. For sure, but we'll, we'll see good. how we'll see how that pans out. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to find the show notes for this week's episode, go to relay.fm/inquisitive/slash/10. I want to thank again our sponsors for this week: Linda, Pilot, and Campaign Monitor. And thank you to my guests, Oshin and Padraig of Supertop. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Inquisitive. Until then, bye bye. <laughs>